Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of John, chapter 11. Verse 7, we read, Then after this he said to his disciples, Let's go to Judea again. And the disciples asked him, Rabbi, the Jews were just trying to stone you. Are you going to go there again? (laughs) For the disciples, I guess a trip to Judea was a sure death sentence. Yes, they remembered all too well that the Jewish leaders had tried to kill Jesus the last time he was there. And they would surely try again if he showed up. Verse 9, Jesus answered, Aren't there twelve hours of daylight? If a man walks in the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees light of this world. But if a man walks in the night, he stumbles because the light isn't in him. Now Jesus knew he was walking in the perfect will of God. And that by doing so, he was never in any real danger. When we live and when we walk in the light, we need also never fear. Obedience, then, is something that must be lived out and must be acted upon. When we live in the light of his direction, we will not stumble. We will therefore always be exactly where we should be, doing and living as we are called to do and live. We stand untouchable by death, untouchable by injury. The person who walks in the night is the one who walks in self-will and walks in denial of Christ. He chooses to walk in the dark, and by doing so, his life is one fraught with mistakes, errors, and pain as he trips and falls down repeatedly in the absence of light. Verse 11, And he said these things, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I am going so that I may wake him out of sleep. The disciples said, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Verse 13, now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he spoke of taking rest and sleep. And so Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now, before we comment any further on this, I think we need to mention this issue about soul sleep. It's a a doctrine that gets handed around out there in the greater church today and this is one of the passages of which it is based um the lord spoke of lazarus's death here as sleep however we need to note that in the new testament sleep is never applied to the soul but only to the body there's no teaching in the scripture that at the time of death that the soul is in a state of sleep. Rather, the believer's soul goes to be with Jesus at the point of death, which is certainly far better. Now, that being said, Jesus isn't dragging his feet on the situation here that we read of. He not only knew what was going to happen, but he knew what he was going to do about it. 
Therefore, we need to realize that God's timing is always the right timing. However, the disciples, as often was the case, they just didn't get it. Therefore, Jesus went to plan B, which was to tell them straight out, Lazarus is dead. Verse 15. I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, so that you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go to him. Now again, we got to take notice here of the actions of Jesus as the one who says that he loves us and at the same time says, I was glad I wasn't there. Yes, once again, the God of love has much to teach us as to just what love really is and what love means. I mean, we tend to believe that God's best plan is the one that benefits us individually and certainly for our immediate, even albeit our temporary benefit and comfort. Jesus, however, is in this for everyone, for all of humanity, for all of time. The picture, therefore, is vastly bigger than any single one of us. Now, mind you, God still loves me, the individual. He's going to prove that by raising the one man, Lazarus. You see, our God has always had the great ability to weave together this master plan of his redemption of mankind with the loving design of the individual whom he acknowledges as his own child. But we need to remember, God gave his only son to die for the redemption of mankind, all of it. We realize that the manifest of his love is not always in, the, in agreement, if you will, with our immediate earthly benefit and certainly not our immediate comfort. Verse 16 says, Thomas, therefore, who's called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, let's also go that we may die with him. Now, I don't think Thomas's words here were words of faith and courage, but you know, I think they were rather words of doom and gloom. He was in fact resigning the whole apostolic club to some sort of fatalistic end. Actually, many of us deal with the actions and the directions of God in this same manner, don't we? Oh yeah, we're, we're willing to follow, sure. But don't expect us to be happy about it. We are often the doom and gloom and express our relationship with the Father as one of fatalistic, fatalistic resignation, rather. We forget that He loves us. We forget that He loves to give good gifts to His children. Verse 17. So when Jesus came, He found that He had been in the tomb, this is Lazarus, for four days already. Now, it seems that perhaps this notion was added to the text uh, to confirm that Lazarus, well, he wasn't just dozing or he wasn't just in a coma. No, he was dead. He was, in fact, four days buried dead. And we are such a cynical and doubting, doubting bunch, aren't we? God was making sure that we grasp the depth of this very real miracle. Obviously, raising a man from the dead is not a small matter. This would certainly be the climax of Jesus' ministry as far as miracles were concerned. Yet, strangely enough, it would be this incredible act that would bring the final push by the religious leaders to seek him out and to kill him. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.